did you feel comfortable with the world knowing what you oh, said in episode two? Yeah, whatever. I mean, you know, it's fine. Especially about the Americans. That stuff can all ride. We'll go with that. Really? Yeah, of, yeah, course. of course. Yeah, it's fine. We love to shit on the Americans. Oh, yeah. No one does it better yeah, than we... I, just, I wouldn't say no one does it better than us. Uh, we enjoy doing it as well. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're pretty good at it. I'm just waiting for the hate when we no, no, release no. it into the world. And it will be like, she doesn't know anything about the British cuisine. She doesn't know anything about the American. She doesn't know the Czech political scene. What does she know? <laughs> <laughs> the worst thing is if you hear nothing. So if what we hear is hate, I'll be like, that's okay. They're listening. Yeah. Right? That is true. If we put it out if and it's like... We need some hate from at least one of our 12 listeners. Yeah. Then we'll know we found we found a, found a niche a audience. Okay. It's the podcast you can't wait to hate listen to. Every every other week. <laughs> yeah. Are we like recording now? Oh, I, think have we'll, you got a... I can do the I can get us started if you like. Do the intro. Yeah. I think Dave is just yeah. manipulating us into some small talk that he can tease into a into no i a, was a, a podcast a intro i'm just gonna kneecap everything i say in this like chit chat portion yeah, so that you can't great. use it like oh, ben would look like an idiot if i left this in this is why i need to train one of these ais with ben's voice so then i can just have him say whatever i'd like i watched a video today on a marketing landing page that i swear the whole thing was just an ai generated guy yeah. Uh, like it was like uncanny valley mm. sort of mannerisms, but it was so good. I couldn't quite nail it down. Yeah. But his delivery was perfect. He had like this almost too perfect background. Mm. And if someone's not doing that already, that's got to be right around the corner to just like do a basically photorealistic deep fake of a person, feed him a script, and sure. then you get yourself a nice marketing video. It was really good, though. I was I was impressed and a little creeped out by it. I mean, marketing videos, if anything can be recreated by a computer, it's probably a marketing video, right? Right. Yeah. It is scary, though. Like, what you can't trust anything you see anymore and hear and read. I've actually got a Zuzana deepfake that I've worked up. Yeah. <laughs> it's got some really strong opinions. Does it? <laughs> <laughs> I don't have strong opinions. I'm actually quite nice in, in real life. I don't, as, as long as you don't ask some people. I mean, some people might have a different opinion, but I mean well most of the time. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I'm just thinking of a Susanna like AI come to life. That could be no. powerful. No. No, mm. no, please, no, no. I mean, enough trouble as it is. I don't need. But see, then you could. You it's could, the perfect cover. You could. Uh, you could should send create it, the Zuzana deepfake. You could send it out there in the world. You could have it do your conference talks while you are somewhere else. Like you could. You could really, you know, divide and conquer. Mm. No. Mm. No. Nah. <laughs> I've only only just started using GitHub Copilot because I was so like. I didn't trust AI and all that stuff. Yeah. And now I started using GitHub Copilot. And I'm like, oh, where was it all my life? I love it now. <laughs> so it's like very slippery slope. Mm -hmm. That it's like once you try it, you kind of you can't. Well, I'm sure some people can, but for me, I can see relying on it way too much. So I'm still trying to like every time I code and it suggests something to me, I'm like, no, no, I'm gonna do it my way. And eventually, I will refactor it to the Copilot right. way. Eventually, yeah. you know, it will get there, but. Yeah. I'm fighting it, but... I tried it out for a while, and I found that it took more mental energy than I wanted to spend to, like, as I started typing, it would make a suggestion of an entire method or something mm. like that. Mm -hmm. And then the the context switch of thinking about how I wanted to solve it, and then, oh, let's see how this solved it. Oh, that's pretty much what I want. It's not quite... And that context switching was pretty jarring for me. I mm. never made it past the the point where it felt like it was faster or felt more natural to me than just writing it. I don't know. I'm only still just trying it out. Like it definitely helps, for example, for comments, it helps. When you just start mm. writing, it, it kind of reads your mind. I don't understand how it does it. Mm -hmm. It knows what comments. So sometimes if I don't, if I've got a, especially PHP native function that I don't quite understand, 
I can start writing a comment about it and it will tell me what it does. And it's incredible mm. in nicer words than you can find in the PHP documentation. Right. So I use it I a lot. I haven't tried that. Like, that's interesting. Try it. That's the thing. Or like when you are just testing something and you need like an array with some test data, it'll just fill it out for you. Like I was doing like an array of books, author mm -hmm. and published, and like it was done immediately. It was amazing. So for yeah, these, you didn't have to think mindless, about fake books. No, yeah, <laughs> no, perfect. it just does it for you and does everything correctly. If you include like URL, it will link to Amazon and the exact uh -huh. page. Like it's freaky how accurate it is and the published date and everything. I'm like, like you don't need that information for testing, but it's nice that it's all like you don't have yeah. to think about it. You just do the first item and not even all of it and then it just does everything else for you it's crazy it is crazy how accurate it is it yeah. does make me kind of evaluate how primitive i am or <laughs> how primitive we are in a sense like we're not that sophisticated if we're essentially yeah. doing that i mean we're synthesizing what we learn online and trying to keep it in our heads but just like that's essentially what we do most of the day as developers is cranking out very similar sorts of code uh, just tweaked a bit for the context. There's not a lot of like novel code that's being written every day. Mm -hmm. The vast percentage of it is essentially boilerplate uh, to some degree, or it's like a flavor of a boilerplate. And the AI just makes that more obvious. Like, oh yeah, mm -hmm. this is how we pretty much always solve this. Yeah, I guess I'll do that. <laughs> and we just skip that evaluation step in the middle and we think we're being original when we're not being... <laughs> so original yeah we are very predictable as human beings i think that's yeah. one thing i learned in the psychology and i was doing the psychology degree that i thought i went into it thinking i'm gonna learn so much about people and it just goes down to two things no nothing is straightforward nothing is black or white everything is gray and then doesn't matter how unique we think we are we're not you know mm -hmm. we're not really we are so predictable in so many ways so mm. it's kind of a downer when you think you're special and then you're not really that special <laughs> Well, good thing these three monkeys got together for a podcast. Seriously, <laughs> seriously. We've really got something special for the world. This is handcrafted <laughs> gibberish, right? This is, there's no AI right. that would come up with no a podcast AI. called Cheese and Weather. That's just. <laughs> I mean, uh, once this gets on the internet, there will be. Oh, we'll sure. Feed, <laughs> the feed the beast. Feed the beast. That's right. I think that's one of my hesitations or uh, concerns maybe with AI as yeah. we get deeper and deeper into this. Um, like if you were asked to say how did copilot for example pull up that particular bit of code like what code was it looking at that told it how to do that you couldn't do it right because there are just so many inputs into these gigantic models mm. just an incredible incredible amount of uh inputs and then the way it's all wired up is a mystery to us but we like the output of it and we can change variables or have the the machine itself change variables until it gets the best possible output and you can't really look at it in a predictable sense or at least not the predictable sense i'm used to where you can like look at a piece of code and say every single time you run it you're going to get this output based on these inputs and like that lack of transparency of what's happening under mm. the hood and not just lack of transparency mm. to any given user but lack of transparency to all of us oh, God, to not yeah. really understand how it's being assembled and that might be like that might be uh, my ignorance showing. Maybe there is someone that could give you a very clear explanation of this is exactly why you got that particular output based on these inputs. Um, but it's certainly more opaque than most tools we use. Yeah, I uh, I'm not using GitHub Copilot, but I regret to inform everybody that I have turned the corner on Chat GPT. I literally yeah. have it open at all times because <laughs> really, what kind of tasks are you using it for? Oh, I use it for are you all kinds paying of fun for stuff. it. No, I should, but I'm not. Um, <laughs> I ran that's out of coming. the free, that's next, next the free time plan on that one. Yeah, I don't know. They've got me in some, I don't know. They're letting me like abuse it like crazy. Um, <laughs> I use it for a couple. So so even I'll tell you what I use it for in a second. But what blew my mind is uh, I was on a, a demo call with a potential customer earlier this week. And they said that they found out about us because they asked chat GPT. And I was like, no way. Yep. Wow. I was like, oh, so talking about that transparency where it's like, what does chat gpt know about yeah my my product and my company but then i was like oh that's great so um you know i started typing i started asking it like basically for like call it research uh about uh -huh. our competitors perhaps 
you know, uh, some oppo mm-hmm. research where it's <laughs> when does Chat GPT know about our competition? What, what does the it? Next yeah, it's like question. it's like what is you know? I, so you learn how to format uh, questions to it, where it's like you know, what what do people say is bad about insert product? And uh, it always has the first part of the response is always the same, where it's like you know, as an AI, I'm not supposed to have an opinion. And then it, after the after that caveat, it says, "But here's what people say online," and then it gives you like <laughs> bullets or numbers of like, "Here's a list in order of the ways this thing sucks." And it's like, "Oh, now where did you get that from?" But it's it is interesting to generate that stuff. But no, uh, what I like to use it for are the kind of like the kind of rote things where it's like, okay, so an example is if I need to document something like in our sort of documentation for our users, and it's like I'll feed it like a bunch of bullet points, and then I'll just be mm-hmm. like, write a knowledge base article based on this colon paste in my bullet points and it writes it in the style of a knowledge base article and then i clean it up maybe even run it through grammarly after i've cleaned it up just to make sure (laughs) i didn't screw anything up and then i'm like all right for a knowledge base article like that's kind of okay but then you can take it to the next level where it's like okay great you wrote that knowledge base article then i'll be like write a blog post based on this article then it writes a blog post then i'll be like write Uh a tweet publicizing this blog post and it writes a tweet um, oh, can you do that? Oh, that's a good idea. Oh yeah, I mean we. So I, I, t- I, I sort of, sort of showed this to my wife, and I taught her how to use it because she is really active in the local Lions Club, and one of the things that she has been given the task of because I'm pretty sure she's the only member under the age of I don't know 55 is to do everything related to like online for the for the Lions Club, right? Mm-hmm. Any event or whatever, and so she had to write a press release for something, and I was like, "Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna copy the bullet points you already have on your website." And we're going to say in ChatGPT, write a press release based on this. And it wrote a press release that was like, and then you tweak a couple things. Cause you're like, okay, I didn't really get that. But it's like, it turns writing from, I have to come up with the raw stuff. It basically lets you shortcut right to the, now I'm going to edit and refine, yeah. which really works for me. Cause I feel like I'm a natural born editor anyway. Like I love to work. I'll work with raw material. I'll edit. I can clean up. I can tweak. That's in a weird way. That's what I did. Uh, with my with my you know, I, that's what I did alongside my wife as she got her master's degree she would write and I was mm-hmm. her editor for the entire time and I'd be like we're just gonna slash this and cut this out so like I like to edit so for me ChatGPT is great for stuff like that and it's also just nice where it's like I've got this block of info turn it into a different format and then it's like oh I would have mm-hmm. never written it that way and then I'm like okay cool now I can edit it where I obviously has lots of limitations if you just say the kind of thing that I got a lot of hype for at the beginning at least in the circles that I go in online where people because i come out of academia, I still follow a lot of people who are in libraries and everything else. And they're like, yeah, if you tell it, write me a paper on Christopher Columbus, it's going to write something pretty trite, right? Like, cause it's, what does it know? But if you give mm-hmm. it your own stuff and then ask it to do something with it, it's pretty interesting. And it can at least give you ideas for, for stuff maybe, or just shortcut you past that. Cause for me, it's like, I can write bullet points all day long about stuff, but then to actually, and I can write, but like, I hate turning that into something usable. Chat GPT mm-hmm. is going to shortcut that for me. I'm like, this is great. Where has this been? Yeah. It gets you over that. Hump yeah, for sure. That might stall you up for a while. Yeah. It gets you into your zone where but, you can really fly. Yeah. It understands tone. So you can do things like make this sound more upbeat or make it sound more upbeat. Make this sound more professional, make it sound more professional. Mm-hmm. So for folks who like, you know, I know a lot of people where, you know, they'll, they'll be like, I want to write this email to somebody, but I'm afraid I'm being way too mean. Well, mm-hmm. you could just be like, could you make this sound nicer? It'll make it sound a little nicer. Put some fluff words in, change the tone, do a whole kind of thing. Like, it's interesting to play with. Can you go the other way? Like, you're yes. thinking, oh, I'm just being a little too nice. You can also really be ridiculous and do things like uh, write this email in the style of Vito Corleone from The Godfather, and it will. Um, <laughs> so you can really <laughs> you can have a lot of fun if you want to just mess around. Yeah. Um, yeah. So have you tried to research yourself using chat GDP? Oh, I don't think I'm chat GPT knows about that. Me. Yeah. Hold on. That this is this is what people want to hear. They want to see. All right, I'm going to open AI, which by this point, I'm surprised I don't know. Oh, there it is. I was like, where's my Yeah, why was that not open already? Well, because I'm, 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 I'm not on my work computer right now, you know, I'm on my other computer. Oh. I tried. So I asked about myself and they say they don't have any information about an individual named Zona Square. Okay, oh, that's okay. Nice. But I asked about Laravel's and it says, I believe you may be referring to Laravel and Bell separately. <laughs> I was like, no, that's not what I mean. And <laughs> then like, it tells no. me about what Laravel is and what Bell's. And Bell's right. could potentially refer to a variety of different things. But in the context of Laravel, it could refer to a particular package or module developed specifically for Laravel. Okay, it's not that clever then. Eh. No, not so good. That not corpus. impressed. Too small. Yeah, Googling is still better. <laughs> Dave, I'm curious when you put your librarian hat on this and like, you know, at a high level of like organizing the world's information, 
do you have any concerns about the stuff like polluting our knowledge as a species? I try not to be too precious about defining what's like acceptable for knowledge for for our species versus what's not, right? Like I I really came of age in college and then working at a university in the era when librarians really tried to hold the line on like good mm. sources versus bad yeah. sources. You know, and eventually you're like, listen, this is just content of some kind. I I do like I I I try to think of of these tools even though they can create a lot of crap, but there's already a lot of crap out there. Like this is not going to stop it. You know, just go look in your spam filter. It's not like we're 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 short mm-hmm. of like crap content in the world. Oh, hundred percent. What is what I think is scary is that like there has for a long time been a very big gap between like yeah, look at the junk that's in your spam, and then go look at something that looks good. And this doesn't close the gap a hundred percent, but this is a great example of my favorite one of my favorite things: the eighty twenty rule. Right, this gets you eighty percent of the way there for a lot of things. And that's mm-hmm. where it gets tough because it's a lot harder to suss out something that's like 85% good from actually good. That's where mm-hmm. it's harder. So, yeah, I think that'll be a problem. It will 100% be a problem, right? But I try to look at this stuff kind of the similar way where it's like, I don't know, it's like a calculator. It's like a, it's like spell check, right? These are tools that I'm trying to use to like shortcut around things that are pain that are a pain to do. And in a weird way, like learning how to use it is kind of like... 20 years ago, 15 years ago, when it's like, if you knew how to ask Google certain things in certain ways, it was a real advantage and a real leg yeah. up. And people were like, how did you find that? It's like, well, if you know how to ask Google something, you can get it. And it's like, this feels kind of similar, but except it's just going to generate something else, you know? Mm-hmm. But I also, to the other thing I was going to say about your point is, I don't know. I mean, I think there's a lot of like, kind of like really generic writing out there on the internet right now. And the fact yeah. that an AI can reproduce it so decently, I don't know. I'm not worried about like, I'm not worried about good writing being replaced. It does mean that we will just have a lot more blah writing. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, If you ask someone to write you a blog post about a topic, what would they go? What would they do? They'd go and Google for a few resources, read a few other blog posts. Right. And copy. Try to figure out what tone you wanted in. (laughs) Right. Like figure out, did I cover all the topics that Dave wanted me to get? And they'd give you something that would be pretty similar to what you get out of chat GPT. Yeah. 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 It's just it's a good the good tool to collate stuff. Like when you have a question, technical questions, when you don't understand someone, like I was looking into some PHP methods and the PHP documentation isn't always the most friendly thing to read. <laughs> so when you ask the same question on chat GPT, it's just it presents it in much friendlier way, way that I can understand. So I think these mm-hmm. things in this way will definitely be useful. Although I did have my son ask me, Mommy, can I ask Chat GTP to do my Spanish homework for me? I was like, No. <laughs> no, do not do that because you, you do it suffer. once and then, yeah, it's going to come back and bite you. Don't do it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like we already have a problem in media in culture in general with like, there's just too much and AIs, whether they're audio generating AIs, video generating AIs, image generating AIs, text generating AIs. I don't think it's a new problem. It's just like we have, I don't know, as long as our attention is the currency that like people care about, then there's going to be a race to the bottom for this kind of like junky stuff that Mm -hmm. comes out, you know, and like that's going to be automated a hundred percent, right? Like we're, I think it's really only like, I don't think we're that far off from the idea of like, you know, right now Netflix spends a lot of money to create a lot of shows that are pretty similar to one another. And you got to feel like we're not there yet, but it's only a matter of time before they try to do something similar. They're trying to, maybe they're auto-generating scripts. Maybe they're auto-generate, mm-hmm. like who knows, right? They're going to try to do that mm-hmm. because they just want you to watch or they just want you to pay attention to what they're doing. You know what I mean? And I feel like when we get to auto-generating like audio, like it'll be something similar, right? Auto-generating podcasts, you know, you're really going to need the kind of handcrafted bizarre podcast like what we are attempting to do here <laughs> to stand out someone's going to listen to this and go, there's no ai that, that made this you know they would never this one passes the test the... <laughs> that's right i think it's scary when you think about it like how we are just being manipulated and and every possible way whether it's the content we consume the things we buy even though we might think that oh no i'm not being influenced by ads yes you are everyone is when you go shopping the placement of the goods it's all like based on research and it's 
it's scary like how easily manipulated we are and we don't even think we are that's that's the worst thing if we accept it you say like okay yeah Mm -hmm. i know i'm just somebody's you know puppet but people still think that no no they're immune no nobody is and it's scary when you stop and realize like what's going on that you have very little um, not control you have control over your life but do you you don't realize how much you are influenced by outside sources and yeah that your how to what extent extent are your opinions actually yours or have they been planted in you mm-hmm. i don't know that's very deep i'm sorry <laughs> this is a much more serious episode than episodes one yeah, and two <laughs> i'll tell you what i'm getting targeted advertising from the moan faucet company i feel like they, <laughs> they might know something about me actually you know there you go yeah because you you uh you went searching didn't you I did. I went out doing my research on shower technology, yeah. and now I'm caught in some kind of some bucket of this guy really wants to buy something for his shower. You know, Ben, they say that you don't just buy it for looks, but you buy it for life. I think that's what the, mo- the uh, that mo- <laughs> that's their slogan over there. <laughs> oh, man. So I have to be careful yeah. what you search for. Be careful what you search for. Still not making any progress, though. No. Like, yeah. Kohler, just nothing from them. We've not published this we podcast. Haven't publi- we haven't yeah, published episode one yet. Um, this <laughs> is becoming. That's this is like this is like the old. Oh my god, it's like the old Mister Show bit where it's like you're watching the live episode that we recorded two weeks ago. If you're if you're trying to call in for this, I'm sorry, already. We're, we're bending time here, um, which is great. <laughs> it's folding in on itself. That's right. Yeah. All right. I'll be patient. Sorry. Thanks for pulling me out of that. I was feeling no. a little low. All no. Right. No. Um, we're still at the outside of this. Susanna, how's how's the weather like? There we go. Let's go <laughs> right to the weather. weather. Ben just wants to talk about a snowstorm. I do want uh, to talk about snow. Yeah. Susanna, have you had any uh, snow? No, no. No. And it's been miserable. It was warm and then it got cold again. And today was like six degrees, but it's rainy and you know, gets really fine rain that gets mm-hmm. under your clothes. It's whole uh, not nice. No. Not nice. So I'm not not being and today was like typical April weather. It's not even April, but it was sunny at one moment and then it goes really dark and cold and rained and then sunny again. Yeah, I don't like this. If it and you live so far north too, you need more daylight. No. Yeah, actually, when it comes to the UK, I live in a really good place. We don't have any extreme weather where we are. Mm-hmm. This is very mild. So like if you go to Scotland, you'll get much more snow and rain and colder. If you go down to, to the south, you get more... Well, it gets warmer, but I think also there are chances of flooding. Where we are currently, it's quite okay. But yeah, but that's just the UK compared to the rest of the world. We are quite up up north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, there is very little sunlight, but the days are, okay, now the days are short, but days can get pretty long. And I know that because when we are fasting, I don't know, is it okay to talk about religious things on the podcast? People will be like, you want to hear that? You <laughs> yeah, can cut it out. It. Oh, <laughs> of course, it's... It's your podcast. It's a, yeah. I know. So when we it's do a, fast, you know, fasting I, in yeah. in the month of Ramadan. So when we fast, it's from sunrise to sunset. It can get like 18 hours. So the days can be long. Mm-hmm. Just not much sunshine. It's a long time to wait. Yeah. I can't even go. I, I, I thought about having a snack before we sat down to record. And I was like, <laughs> it's been a couple hours since lunch. Am I going to regret not eating? <laughs> We're going to see. Dave, the practice of fasting is... A sacrifice for anyone. Yeah. But for you, maybe most of all, it would be the greatest sacrifice. I honestly, like, I I admire folks uh, who can do that. It takes real discipline, um, a real commitment. Um, I am powerless in the face of hunger. (laughs) (laughs) I did not know what a weak spot that was. Like, you present to the world a man with no vulnerabilities, like no chink in the armor. But it turns <laughs> out so... that is that is your heel. He has a weak spot. Hunger. Snacks. Sna- yeah, no, Hunger if I'm not snacking snacks. enough. That's right. Yeah, for sure. Uh, to the point where like, you know, when we're traveling or, or we're doing, we're away from the house, my, my wife will just be like, Do you okay? Do you need a snack? You need to eat? You need whatever? You, okay? you know, you're getting a little you're like hungry. You're like a toddler. Yeah. You're like a yeah. big toddler. My wife does that to me too. She's like, hey, do you want to eat something? And that is a sign for you. You're coming on a little strong, Ben. Oh, I have not never noticed that. With I think people it's people around me. Maybe I need to pay more attention to their hunger levels. 
For her, it's because hmm. she's she's got type one diabetes. So her relationship between hunger and food has, is like is sort of broken in a way because oftentimes she has to snack for insulin reasons for for blood sugar reasons, not for hunger reasons. So mm-hmm. she's kind of used to this kind of like a little snack here, oh, a little man. snack there. This I'm much a more of like a heaven. Right I'm much, no, but except I'm much more of like if it's like ten thirty. And she's like, do you want a snack? I'm like, no, I want lunch. Like if I've made it that far, I like meals. You know, I'm not, I'm not a grazer. You know, I'm not going around. Um, I mean, because I just want to eat. I just want like a lot of food. I don't want a little food. I want a lot of food. You know, you don't want to be teased. You want the whole thing. That's right. That's (laughs) why a super, that's why like a Super Bowl party is just, oh God, devastating. (laughs) Really? Oh yeah. Cause it's just like, it's a lot lot of snacks. Oh, it's a lot of snacks. And it's just like. So easy. It's just like you're talking to me like, yeah, you're just scooping more. Next thing you know, you've had like, you know, it's like, did Dave have half of the spinach artichoke dip? Is that okay? <laughs> it's like a meal. It is like a meal. Yeah. Yeah. Now food's a weakness. So are you sure. of the feeling that like if you have enough snacks, like at a Super Bowl party, yeah. can you make a meal out of that? Or is it not the same thing? Because I feel like it's not the same thing. It's not the same thing. But there have been times where it's like, all right, you know, like you can kind of make it work. You know, a yeah. little bit, but like, so this actually happened. Um, we went to Disney World for the first time at the end of 2021. And one of the popular things people do at Disney World is they go to Epcot and Epcot has what they call the World Showcase, where there's just lots of like different countries represented and lots of little mm-hmm. places to eat. And they have, they always have a festival of some kind going on at Epcot. And what people will do is they'll just like, oh, we're just going to go and like snack a little bit here and there. That like mm-hmm. totally broke my brain. I was just like, I felt like I was like, Okay, how much do I just? What am I just gonna keep eating? Snug? I was like, so we, yeah, you never have a full plate. You don't have a full but you've plate eaten for an hour, right? But you're like kind of walking, and it's hot and sunny. You're like, am I eating enough? Am I not? Eat, am I not eating enough? So um, we're going back this year, and I've resolved. No, I'm gonna do like just big sit down, like the biggest sit down lunch humanly possible at all of the parks. I just want like so big where you're like, are you sure you want to go on a roller coaster afterwards? And the answer is yes, I will be fine. Um, because what you forget is that Ooh. you're you're in Florida. It's hot. Uh-huh. It's gross. You're gonna. Sw- what has you're- it got to do with eating and going on roller coaster? Because your 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 body needs so much more food and water than you think when you're walking around Disney. Like you're just burning calories and sweating everything out. Like you just need to eat so How much are more you than walking you around Disney. Disney's That's an not- insane amount of walking. This is not. This is not a marathon, Dave. What's I going can't. on here? No, I, well, I mean, maybe for me, I can't, I can't actually, I can't run super long distances because I will just pass out. Basically, <laughs> I have, um, I have hypotension. Um, I've got it controlled mostly, but I have low, I have lower uh, blood pressure than most. So mm-hmm. if I go on super long runs or anything like that, I, I mean, it's not even super long. If I go past like five, six miles, I start like, I'm getting tingly in my hands, and I'm like, the yeah. blood's draining, like it's bad. So yeah. So do you bring snacks if you're on a on a longer run? Try to packs or a little bit, like that. yeah. You need to do that a little that, bit, but yeah. then you know, now I just want a meal, right? Because after you, right, that's no meal. <laughs> after you've ran six miles, I'm like, it's time to eat. So you don't have a granola bar in your pocket. You have a credit card and a restaurant every four or five miles. This is the beauty of Apple Pay. Okay, you don't even need to do that. You just like work it into your run. You know, like go. Oh, what did I do? Perfect. I just I just happened to run by my favorite breakfast place. I'm going to grab some eggs Benedict right now. You know, that's great for a stomach when you're running, obviously. I think that's why long runs are good because you eat much more than you think. I mean, except mm. for the serious athletes that just go for the time, but mm-hmm. all the other people that just want to run the distance, they eat a lot. So it's like a one big snack fest yeah. while you're running. While you're running. You should try that. Running Run or with eating? people. No, both running both. with people and eating. I mm. saw this uh, somewhere on the internet. I don't know. It was like an example the different kinds of runners. Like when you run and you meet somebody who's running 5K and they hardly even look at you because they're so into it. They want to do it as fast <laughs> as possible. Then when you meet a 10K runner, they will nod, nod, maybe say hi, but they will not stop because they're still going for the time. Half a marathon half a marathoner, they might like slow down, have a small talk with you. But when you get towards the marathon and ultra marathon, those people actually run with you and have a chat and have a meal. You know, you, you eat your snacks. And it was funny how like the the difference between people, how depending on the distance and speed they run, how they don't want to talk to or they do want to talk to, depends how far they run. And it's true. Like when, when I run, I went for a run, long run, two weeks ago, I think. And I did uh, 11 miles. 
And it was funny. I went to Cambridge and back and everyone was overtaking me. Everyone was faster than me. And I'm like, I'm I'm proud I'm proud that I don't run fast. I'm like, mm-hmm. let's make it the norm. You don't have to be a fast runner. You can just run as fast as you want. But if you got like a 70 year old overtaking you, you question <laughs> like, am I really that slow? And I did. Like there was a guy who who ran you overtook me and he was really old. Like I don't want to guess 70, but he was definitely in that range. Mm-hmm. And I was like, that either he's really good and I oh I'm really, really slow. <laughs> like now I was questioning maybe I should pick up the speed a little bit, but it seems yeah. like your runs are often a bit of an adventure, like stopping and oh, seeing yeah. the cows and you take some photos. I love the cows. Yeah. The cows are the best. Like there's no, I, That's why I don't like to run fast because when you run fast, you just don't notice your surroundings. You just go mm-hmm. for the for the time. And I don't like that. So when I go for a run, I, I like to see things around. And yeah, luckily I've got lots of animals around me. So I st- stop to talk to the cows and there are some sheep as well and horses and take pictures. Yeah, because then it's like... Are you tracking your runs? Are you using like an app? Are you like trying to like... I mean, I know you're not trying to run fast, but is there... and is there? Do you have a little bit of like the, I'm trying to keep a certain kind of pace or I'm trying, you know, do you... No, I do. I'm using Garmin, but I look for the distance, not the time at all. Yeah. Yeah. Or or the trail, like when I'm trying to plan the next time I run, I see depending how far I want to run, I'll check like which route i'm going to take mm-hmm. or if i can extend it somehow mm-hmm. but yeah i like do you take advantage like... of the is it called right to roam in england where you can oh yes you can run on anyone's property it's like a footpath through the property <laughs> yeah. i'm butchering it yeah. so i'd love to hear the real <laughs> yeah, explanation it's public path yeah now you've got like this whole map of like this network of public paths and they sometimes happen to go through people's property i don't know what was there first whether the public path was created after the property was like established the the borders of the property i don't know but yeah you do get public paths and the first few times when i ended up on someone's property someone's field i was like oh i don't know if i'm supposed to be there but like i follow the arrow you know the arrow says go this way so i go that way and nobody's ever stopped me or told me off or something but yeah especially like one place i ran you go through somebody's garden like genuinely it's somebody's garden there is like little fence at each end little gate and it tells you stick to the path do not go Mm -hmm. off the path just stay on the path because you go through somebody's garden and i suppose you know i don't know how i would feel about it when you just sitting at home enjoying peace in your garden and you've got like weird people just walking through Mm -hmm. non-stop and you can't even say anything are they fairly obvious or like the one that goes through the field, is there a dirt path through a field so you know, well, I, at least I'm on a path, I think I'm on the public path, or is it Eventually just like is. going straight through the crops and you're hoping that yeah. you're on the right That's how path. it starts, yeah. Eventually people will trot the path through the field, but it's just the normal, so there's yeah, two, three fields that I go through. It's just a field, like the tractors and whoever's working on the field, they don't stop to make the path, they just go through it, and yeah. people will then make the path as they walk through it. I love that concept. I love to know more about the history of like how they were established in the first place and yeah. what their legal structure is. Susanna, when you I'm trying to be nice. When you come out here for, for Laracon, which I wanna I wanna ask you about in a second, um, I just please do not roam. No? <laughs> not in Tennessee. Is that not a thing? No, it's not a thing anywhere <laughs> in the US. And no offense to Tennessee. I love Tennessee. I can't wait to have some actual hot chicken in Tennessee. Um, but um I would not do it. No. 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 People yeah. um have a very different concept of um, not just privacy, but like um, ownership. Ownership. Uh, what what you define like this is mine. This is my land. This is my area. Um, oh, yeah, you okay. definitely can't go on some. I mean, I get sometimes dirty looks from people when my dog like will like sniff in someone's yard when I take her on a dog walk. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, gotten yelled at by people who are like, you know, don't have your dog, you know, pee there, and I'm like, sure, I'll. I'll tell her and she'll listen. Pick it up. Yeah. <laughs> pick it up. Don't, they, do don't you know you need to pick it right. up? <laughs> right. Yeah. So, um, yeah. I thought about oh, okay. that in the context of hiking trails. Mm. Uh, I like to do long distance backpacking trips and a lot of those are on public land, mm. but then a good portion of many trails is actually private land where they have permission to use it. Mm. And it's usually marked or it's in the guidebook like you're, using private land please be respectful that's often posted so you know like i really have to stay on the trail here 
Um, but I thought like, what would I do if someone wanted to put a hiking trail through my property? Mm. And I think like the altruistic part of me, especially the part of me that takes advantage of other people's property would say, yeah, absolutely. But it would be kind of weird to just have people randomly walking through your backyard or on your land, um, without much say about it or how Mm. they treat your property. And I imagine some people don't treat it super respectfully. And so you'd have to like put up with that on the like the the feeling that most people are good, most people are going to be respectful, and sometimes bad things happen. But it's an interesting concept, especially if it was like something you had to know about your house before you bought it. Like, by the way, you're going to have some people just walking through your yard every day. No big deal. That's just the way it is here. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to be respectful. Every time I do go through somebody's property, I just go as fast as I can. I don't stop and I don't take pictures. Well, I do take pictures to be fair, but I don't try not to be too obvious about it. Of I don't them. take pictures of their houses or something. Right. You know, I often take a picture of the path. Or when I first start, started running through the fields, and I was like, this is the path I'm running through, like in between the cabbage or whatever it was growing there. And so I take a picture of that, but I wouldn't like go and into somebody's window and try to, you know, see what what's going on there so i'm trying it does feel a little bit naughty to be doing that but honestly i'm just following the public path like i'm following the arrows that's all i'm doing but i have had messages like when i put things on instagram i've had messages saying oh you know it's sometimes somebody's going to tell you off i said but i'm not doing anything wrong i promise you i'm not like i'm not just trying to enter somebody's garden like anybody's garden or i have to sell one on a run to Cambridge once and I took like a different path and then I was going back and there was a sign going like public path so and there was a guy so I was running up the road and there was a guy running down the road and we kind of met in the middle and I went where the sign was telling me and he followed me and I was like well so I'm going right and then I was just it was I went by somebody's garage and into somebody's garden like proper small garden and then there was a river and I was like and now where do I go so I turned back and Ask the guy, which way do I go now? He said, well, I don't know. I followed you because I thought you were... I said, no, I don't know where I'm going. So we were there like, like two strangers in somebody's very small garden. Like it wasn't a big field. It was a small English garden. Just standing there. I was like, I think we, we should leave now. So we just <laughs> went back again. But there was definitely a sign, a wrong sign, but it happens. Nobody. I think people generally... I'd like to think that there would be understanding. Like they see you, you didn't mean to enter their property. Like unless you end up in their living room, you know, that right. would be awkward. But if you are in their garden, then you'll they'll probably ask, what do you, do you need anything? Do you need help? And then you just said, no, just a little bit lost following signs. And, <laughs> but yeah. Okay. So Susanna, you're going to be at Laracon. Ah, oh, yes. In July. Are you excited? I'm not thinking about it yet. It's too no, far. It's too far away. In future. Are you coming? Yeah, you I'm going to be coming? there. Ben, are you, can I we convince Ben? What do we, we, we got to do to get ben, you there? Come on, we need to do like a live live recording of our podcast. Oh, oh, that's an interesting idea. That's an angle <laughs> I hadn't considered. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah, I was definitely feeling like I was missing out. I I was actually I kind of hoped it would sell out immediately, so I would never have to think like, well, maybe I could mm. go. Yeah. How could I make that work? So that's come where on. I'm at right now. Mm. How could I make that work? You could make it work. It, so, Susanna, do you know what you're talking about? Or are... <laughs> I well, I've got an idea. I've got a topic, but I'm I'm free to change it. But I think I'm not going to. So, the sub, well, the topic, the title is the curse of knowledge. And I know it sounds like another soft talk. I'll try to make it more technical. But yeah, if you do, you know what curse of knowledge is? No, Dave. I mean, I can think of some ways where that would be true, but I'm curious what your angle is. <laughs> it's a cognitive Are you bias, asking, basically. Is this like uh, chat Dave that you're just asking Dave to generate a <laughs> Don't think I'm not writing right now. Write a developer talk no. about the curse of knowledge. I want to see what it does. Oh, okay, don't. So. I, I haven't, Make it nice I haven't thought of that. I'm going to give it a go, but I haven't done it yet. But what I'm thinking of is like, so the curse of knowledge is basically a cognitive bias where people who know a lot about something find it difficult to relate to people who know very little. Because the things, obviously, as we all learn about stuff and at least that's my case, that doesn't matter how much I know, I still feel like I don't know anything. But then when I meet somebody who knows even less, it's difficult for me to relate to them on their level because I think, well, I know very little. How come you know even less, you know? Yeah. And often people make their mistakes. So, for example, again, my personal anecdote is when I was learning coding way at the beginning, 
I had a Windows computer. And in a lot of tutorials, when you've got like a terminal commands, they will start with a dollar sign. I had no idea that's like a sign for the terminal. So I kept running commands with the dollar sign. So I would say mm-hmm. dollar sign and something, and it would never work. And for so long, I was like, what am I doing wrong? My computer is broken because it works for everyone else. Because I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to be adding the dollar sign there. And mm-hmm. that's an example of the cursor. People don't realize that this could be confusing to somebody. Like it's such a... Now it seems so obvious. Obviously, that doesn't mean you, you should add dollar sign to your terminal commands. But when I was learning, it was not obvious to me at all. So I want to make a talk about it and kind of spin it uh, towards giving answers. So, for example, I'm sure I'll find plenty of examples on Stack Overflow when somebody has a question and then they get an answer that is just way, way too maybe clever and clean, but just not not suitable for beginners like people will not understand it mm-hmm. so that's the plan i haven't done anything about it i haven't asked chat gpt but i'm going to i, I pasted <laughs> the response in our telegram chat it's pretty impressive <laughs> oh god now everyone will know that i've used ai to do my talk <laughs> for me whether you <laughs> like it long. or not dave is yeah. you said people are easily influenced dave is influencing you Right. <laughs> it's exactly what I said. It says it's a cognitive <laughs> bias. That, that these are my words. I promise you, I didn't read this out. <laughs> these are my words. Everybody, you, have you ever tried to explain a Susanna's complex new technical podcast concept? where Susanna reads Chat GPT answers? Wow! But look at that. This is so accurate. Complex technical concept. It doesn't even have to be complex. To be fair, it can be very simple. Start with the basics. Oh my god! I'm going to use this. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I think my my talk is done now. I can relax. <laughs> Perfect. One thing that I kind of struggle with when I'm working with someone is tactfully finding the boundaries of their knowledge without mm. assuming that they know too much or assuming they know too little. Mm. Because if I like say, oh, I should go back to basics on this just in case they're not familiar because I don't want to like make it too complex then I feel like I'm being patronizing to some degree. Like why you, of course I would know that, right? Like to that other person. Um, But I don't want to assume that they know something Mm. um, and then make them feel foolish or uh, make it difficult for them to follow along if I Mm. assume something that I thought they might know, but they didn't. So if you have any thoughts about how, how do you like kind of get the shape of someone's knowledge so that you can tailor your, your answer or the way you're working together with that person. Um, I would love to hear it because I'm still trying to master that skill. Just ask chat GTP. <laughs> gonna tell you. I thought you were going to say just I'm ask I'm going to do the yeah. research. So look, it says use plain language. No, I think it comes down to having a relationship with that person. Like if it's the first time you're talking to them, it's going to be difficult. But right. if you already know them, then you can just say, okay, if I'm too simple, if I'm going too much into basics, just stop me. Like, like you mm-hmm. can just say, okay, I know that. Like, no big deal. No need to explain. Like, let's not try to dwell on things. Like, you know. Mm-hmm. But it comes down to relationship. If you don't know somebody, it's going to be hard. How can you? How can you tell how much they know? Right. But, yeah. Um. This is a hard thing. Um. So much so that one of the one of the things I loved doing uh, at Titan and Yale and elsewhere is if I'm on if it's a group of people and I'm not the one who's doing the explaining, I will often point to myself and be like, "Listen, I have no idea what's going on here. Can you just explain this to me?" I'll, I play the role of mm-hmm. dumb PM. Oh, there's Dave. Yep. Dave knows nothing. Let's explain it so this idiot Dave can yep. can get up to speed. Um, but I'll just in general be almost a self deprecating. I mean, that, that comes naturally to me, just as self-deprecating as possible or, mm-hmm. you know, or the other way to go about it that I like to do is to just make it like set the expectation ahead of time that it's like, I'm just going to, I'm going to, I'm going to like start from square one. But like, if you know this, that's totally okay. Tell me, we're going to jump right ahead make like, make it feel like we're on a journey. We're, we're about to go mm-hmm. somewhere. And if you already know this, that's great. We're just going to like, I just try to set the expectation that it's totally okay. But I think you're right to try to make sure that people understand the basics because even beyond the curse of knowledge, like there's so many, so many times in our lives and our professional lives where people think that they're talking about the same thing and they're not talking about the same thing. Mm-hmm. And I always have, I, I always try to pull back and be like, when we say insert word, what exactly, what, what does that mean? Right. I mean, I right. failed to do it for the three of us when I said, when I, when we say cheese and weather, <laughs> what, 
what does that mean we're going to talk about exactly? We're actually recording three separate podcasts simultaneously (laughs) because we all have our own version of what cheese and weather is. That's right. Yeah, I don't think we know what it means. We haven't talked about cheese at all. Just saying. Yeah. We're we're short on cheese talk this week. Um, Boy, now I'm trying to think. I have no cheese. You know, so do you know the hot ones, the the yeah. YouTube? Yep. Yeah. Series. We need to do that. <laughs> to... I think it would work really well with cheese, like okay. fried cheese. What do you think? Like fried cheese and the hot sauces? I would go for it. Sure. So like dripping hot sauce or dripping? Sorry, dipping. That's a weird way to describe what you would do with hot sauce and cheese. <laughs> <laughs> like hot You're sauce is like with a hot sauce? sauce and cheese instead of wings. Yeah, because like for vegetarians, they don't often use wings or they use like cauliflower cauliflower, or vegan wings. I don't know what these are made of, but we could use just fried cheese, like little cubes of cheese fried with the crumbs and stuff. And then you you dip it in. Or I would honestly, I've watched way too many episodes of that show now and I have to try that those hot sauces. I have to. I tried to see, I mean, I can buy them here, but they're very expensive. I was just going to say, do I need to go on Amazon? I would be the only one. No, you can buy them, but nobody would do it with me. Like nobody is, is, I mean, crazy enough (laughs) to do this. I need to try it. I think you should deliver your Laracon talk while working your way through (laughs) a plate of cheese and and hot sauces. Get somebody that on stage with you. Cool. You're going to recreate hot ones, right? Except you're trying to give a talk. They're asking you questions <gasps> about the curse of knowledge. You're trying to answer as the hot sauces get hotter yes. and hotter. Yeah. That would be so cool. Until I, I have throw up somewhere, probably. <laughs> ben, if we did that, would you go? Would that? <laughs> Dave, would you be doing the interview? I, I totally like would be. be I would sign up for that, sure. <laughs> Oh, 100%. but you know that means you would have to eat them too. That's you know, fine. the interview like with us. Oh, do you? Okay. Oh yeah, oh. I love and hot cheese. sauces. And che- well, I try to tolerate and cheese. I try. I try to. <laughs> my stomach might be on. I'm just going to be sitting there popping lactate. The, the puke but... bucket for both of it's you not... <laughs> for different reasons. <laughs> different reasons. <laughs> oh, but definitely, let's do this. Come on, Ben. You have to come. You have all to right. come. And we're gonna. <laughs> we have to arrange to buy all those sauces, like the whole gift set of sauces not any i want to try the da bomb one because that seems to be mm. the one that you know trips everyone up so we need do you to think do you that. could handle it like are you I have no are you idea really confident in yourself or no do you think it'll just destroy you I, it will destroy me i, I still want to try it <laughs> i have to try it <laughs> susanna we, at, the, at a minimum we have to try some nashville hot chicken when we're yes. in nashville i think that okay and i'm sure there there are places where we can find if you don't want the chicken, they do cauliflower. Um, I'm sure we'll have some options. Yeah. Because last time when we went to the on-site, that was Tennessee. But that was... That was a different part of Tennessee. We were different we were in, we were yeah. deep in the mountains in Tennessee. Yeah. Because <laughs> I don't think I had... I mean, we had the food delivered. But yeah. to me, it was... I didn't think of it as something traditional. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Yeah. Was there anything traditional about the food that we had? No. You had a traditional gas station coffee. But um... oh yeah, that I did. That was very. It was a special moment for me. This is like the thing you always see in movies, you know, when people go and have coffee with those little or like pots that are already oh, ready yeah. for the you. Bun or whatever. Uh, the, yeah. yeah, I needed to try it. <laughs> very not fancy, but good experience. In general, I don't think when I went to, because that was my first time ever in the US, and I did so. I went to Target, so that was like a take on my bucket list. Bucket go to list. Target. Yeah. Yeah, I saw Dairy Queen. I didn't go, but I saw mm. like Dairy passing. Was it, a, was it a grill and chill or just a regular? Di- you may not have clocked the difference. I have no okay. idea. <laughs> it's just a Dairy Queen. I don't know. <laughs> and then I had tacos. And I think, I can't, I hope I'm not missing something, but I think that's it. And then I brought a suitcase full of sweets for my kids. Actually, mm. funny story. I bought it because I first went to Colorado. And that's where I bought all the sweets. We went to Target to buy all the sweets that we can't get here. And then I put it in a suitcase and then I sent the suitcase to Tennessee. And that's when they opened it to check, you know, and then they leave a note in the suitcase saying your suitcase had been checked. I wonder what they were thinking because they opened the suitcase and they had all those Sour Patch Kids and tw- Twinkle. What do you call it? The Twinkie? Twinkies. 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 Yeah, they ended up destroyed. They were like flattened and mm-hmm. not very nice. So like half oh, of my really suitcase was just sweet. really went for the best sweets. that America has to offer. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, my kids were very happy, you know. Yeah. <laughs> they loved it. 
So I wonder what the people who opened my suitcase thought when they opened the suitcase and they saw hardly any clothes, hardly no clothes, but a lot of sweets, so <laughs> many sweets. Uh, and you saw you a bear. You have to do, I have to. And I saw, oh, yeah, I think that the, was so cool. Was the suitcase just bait for the bear? You just dump it in a, a bait pile and wait for something <laughs> to show Never would up. do that. No, I was <laughs> protecting the sweets with my own body. The bear was so cool. I mean, I know people thought I was like, it was dangerous, but I don't think it was dangerous. It was like a... It was a brown bear, right? Oh, I was outside yeah. with the bear. You weren't outside with the bear, I don't think. Um, no, the bear stole was out- the gin from Keith's bag, right? Do you remember that? <laughs> I wasn't there. I came later. That was after the bag was gone. Yeah. That was Keith so and I were funny. loading. Keith and I were loading the car, taking bets to take people to the airport in the last day. And we made the mistake of leaving the hatch open while we went inside to get more stuff. We come out, bear's got the gin. Keith's bag with gin in it. Why would it be after gin? <laughs> I, it was good gin. I don't know. Um, and uh, and then it just, it, it stole Keith's bag and went away. Well, So did Keith get his bag back? No. How did the, 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 how did the story end? I mean, I think the bear's got a nice bag right now. <laughs> <laughs> like the, you saw the bear disappear yes, with the bag. the bear Basically, took it, bag, is bag now... in mouth, walked down the hill. And we were just like, <laughs> yeah. Give us the bag. Give bag. us the bag. <laughs> Take the gin. I need my bag. It was so cool. Yeah. I think we saw the bear the first night, was it? And then I kept yeah. trying to see the bear and I didn't until the last day just before we left. Like yeah. so that was after it stole was it after? Yeah, because we saw the, the bear the bear was sighted twice that morning. The first time yeah. early in the morning when Keith and I gym. were trying to do stuff. And then yeah. Keith and I went Second to the airport time. yeah with yeah. some folks and then the bear came back. Because the <clears throat> So Ben, the problem is uh bears are in that part of Tennessee as you might expect. They uh, trash containers outside have like yeah. little bear proof locks. But the problem is, is uh, they're doing construction on the house next door. I think they were like basically uh. building this whole big another rental property. And I'm pretty sure the bear learned food people. Yeah. Right here. In that dumpster. And so that's yeah. right. So the bear, the bear was around. <laughs> Turns out it was, it was the so perfect cool. location for Zuzana. Yeah. <laughs> she I didn't just, know, I, know I, I went outside and I, I just, I still have it on video. That I went outside to see the bear, and there were people shouting, Susanna, Susanna, no, Susanna, get back, get her inside, Susanna, no. <laughs> I didn't go anywhere too close. Like, I wasn't, although people said that bear is faster than it looks, like it could have got to me really fast, but eh, I think it was a friendly bear, so it was fine. As long as you didn't have your bag full of Twinkies, you're fine. <laughs> but it was, that was really good. I was sending pictures to everyone. I saw a real bear. And they said, well, you've seen one before in a zoo. But that wasn't in a zoo. It was a real bear. It was so cool. I loved my experience in the US. I wonder what I'm going to see now. <laughs> Again, and then people are like the first time in the US and I, I go to Tennessee. Now the second time in the US, I go to Tennessee again. Like I've right. not seen. Well, I did go well, to Denver as well, but you should. It's like why do you? You should try to figure out how to have a stop somewhere along the way so you could see another place, right? If you're gonna, because I'm should. guessing you don't have a non. You're not gonna have a non-stop into Nashville. Mm, there is, I think. Oh, there is British. Uh, I believe oh. there is. Well, that's never mind. London. You can to, take non-stop. Is it, take the non-stop. Uh, but I do want to see more. I mean, so there are people in the US I could visit, but like we've got somebody, there's a family in LA and I think that's kind of on the other side of the country and it I don't is. know if that's, that's going to work. Way away. <laughs> yeah. So it would be nice if I, I could go and visit them, but I, I don't know. Yeah. But You're thinking we'll East see. Coast. That's yeah. what we're talking about. New York. I would like to see New York and I would like to see Maine, the state in general. Oh, I want yeah. to see Stephen. King's house just because I read his mm. books and I want to see a lot of things just don't know when yeah next conference it's fine like every year I go for a conference I'll just go and visit one place yeah I hope that following year it's not going to be Tennessee again right. that would be nice <laughs> this time <laughs> Memphis <laughs> we're just going to keep going across the Mixing state up. west to east yeah <laughs> you'll run out of Tennessee eventually <laughs> Yeah. Are you sure? It seems yes. like a very big state. Like, doesn't matter. I can't just, doesn't matter how hard I try. I'm always in Tennessee. It's a very long and skinny state. If you're going north south, that's your problem. You started in the east. Now you're going central. Yeah. You should have been going north and south. You'd mm-hmm. be out of Tennessee in no time. Yeah. When I was in Nashville last summer, uh, I think I was there three days and I ate three hot chicken sandwiches because yes. my goal was to try to understand what that was about. Mm. So I don't know uh, if I ate good hot chicken sandwiches, like 
I was there on a company trip, so yeah. I was eating where the company was eating. But two of them were tasty. And then I had a single bite of a coworker's uh, sandwich, and it was like, the here's our most extreme heat. Yeah. And it was absolutely the hottest, most painful <laughs> thing I've ever eaten. And it was like, there wasn't any real flavor to it. It was just like a terrible taste, painful <laughs> experience. And it took me about probably 10, 15 minutes to like ride that wave and get out of it. And I don't think I ever want to do that again. So I don't know where that'll rank on your Laracon <laughs> Hot Ones talk, but it was, it, it was pretty extreme for me. No. You know, it's what, like when you see the, the episodes on YouTube, you see like some people just go through it non face, like hardly any water. Some people are struggling two sources in. I think you'll be okay. You'll I think I can fine. make it halfway. You need to make it to the bomb. I think that's number eight or nine. Number eight, yeah. I think. If you can make it to the bomb, you've you've made it. Like I wouldn't push you to go beyond that. But I Isn't think by that, that the point, last one? You or is that to... no? Oh, it's, it's not the eight, last one. That's the worst one that like doesn't taste like anything. It's just yeah. terrible. <laughs> And then they end on a better sauce. Is that what it is? Something with more flavor. Dipping something, yeah. The the I don't know. And I think they keep changing the sauces as well, depending on the season. So they don't do the same ones. But the da bomb is always there. Mm-hmm. But no, we've got to do it. Honestly, I am committed now. I I even thought we should do it like here on the podcast. We oh. all have our little paid because some some people do it even from like with. Uh, what do you call them? You don't call them crisps. You call them chips, right? Or Doritos. Like, it doesn't have to be chicken or it doesn't have to be anything fancy. You just need to have the Wait a second. Susan, <laughs> she, I, know, I want to know what food is in your brain when you went, what did you say? Uh, crisps? What? Chips? <laughs> yeah, chips. <laughs> and then you ended with Doritos. That was the left turn I did yeah. not think of it. <laughs> like potato chips or tortilla chips, maybe? I don't know. Tortilla, I think. Chips. Yeah. Those are okay. Doritos ones. Well, not exactly. Yeah. Kind of. No. Doritos are like the Twinkies of potato chips. <laughs> ben, what's your favorite Doritos flavor? You know, I just ate Doritos yesterday. They were Ooh. awesome. Um, I'm a big fan of the nacho cheesier, oh. I think it is. There are two yes. types of people in this world. Pretty classic. You either like nacho cheesier or you like Cool Ranch Dorito. I'm a Cool Ranch guy. What mm. is the difference? I like them both. I mean, different taste, but what is Cool yeah. Ranch? Isn't it like the, isn't it? White sauce, like a yogurt. Uh, yeah, cream, ranch is a, like a liquid dipping yeah. sauce. Yeah. Um, I mean, you dip your your fried cheese curds in ranch sauce for you sure. Can, you can dip you can um, dip wings and uh and ranch if you don't like blue cheese. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Uh, the che- nacho cheesier that we're talking about, <laughs> and what was? <laughs> Sorry, I'm having a hard time giving a serious explanation of of Dorito flavors here. Yeah. <laughs> I should ask Chad. Go for it. Come on. Yeah. No. <laughs> Give an academic description of uh, <laughs> of Doritos flavors. All right, so Cool Ranch. Sorry, you were asking about Cool Ranch. Yeah. Uh, cool Ranch, first of all, these are powder flavors. They're completely artificial. Like they mm-hmm. have maybe some similarity to the flavors on the bag, but um, it's just like a, a dry powder that they put on the chips. And it is kind of a ranch flavor. Um, and then the the nacho oh, cheese. What is the range flavor? So what what is that flavor? That's what I don't know. <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, I should have asked. Chad it's one GPT of those things. About, See, this uh, is cool cognitive ranch. bias yeah. right here. It's, it's the <laughs> what did you call it? The curse of knowledge. Curse of knowledge. I am cursed yeah. with the knowledge of ranch. So trying to explain <laughs> it to someone who is not cursed with the knowledge of ranch is is a struggle. It's a white <laughs> sauce. It's kind of thick. Um, lots of people put it on a salad as though that's a healthy way to eat a salad. Um, what is, is it? In it? Is what it is like... it made of? Yeah. So is what? it like? Is it? It's not cheesy then. So is it like a yogurt based white yogurt? Yeah, I'm trying to think of what the base is. It's like a. Does it have mayo in it? No, it's but, buttermilk. Is typically the base of um, buttermilk. Okay. Of ranch. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, someone, someone, somewhere. One of our three listeners is just yelling right now. <laughs> so, um, some of the key flavors, according to ChatGPT, of Cool Ranch Dorito, the key flavor notes. Garlic, <laughs> onion, paprika, hints of buttermilk. Hints. Ah. I don't know. This so, the first recipe on allrecipes.com. One cup mayo, you half can cup use sour mayo. cream. Most people don't have buttermilk, right? Yeah. We just like, can't you buy it in a show? Without yeah, you can for sure. But it's not something okay. that a lot of houses will have, like okay. a jar of buttermilk on in their fridge. <laughs> so you'd have to this would be a special occasion to make your homemade ranch sauce. You know, you go out and you get your buttermilk, you get your, your, your dill weed. <laughs> 
Yeah, so basically, Dave like likes a the, little the bit of a spicy, white, spicy mayo, spicy buttermilk. You, you know what it is? I just don't like. It's the same reason why Cheetos are always like devastating. It's like just it's the red residue on your hands afterwards. Cheetos are worse than ah. Cool Ranch Doritos, but even Cool Ranch Doritos afterwards, yeah, you get like the red. You look like the Joker a little bit because it's like on the corners <laughs> of your mouth. Like it's just not really. <laughs> cool Ranch Doritos, you can try to. Grab a couple and you can be a little bit more incognito. Would you say that mm. nacho cheesier is a cheese product? The phrase cheese product is a very loaded word in, in Wisconsin. I know <laughs> that you all feel very strongly, but what can and cannot be called cheese? I don't know if I'd call it a cheese product. It's cheese adjacent, right? For sure. There's definitely yeah. a factory with that made these that has producing s- some cheese-ish qualities, but I wouldn't call it cheese. Yeah. I've got an for future episodes yeah i think a good running segment would be is it cheese is it cheese or not and i would say (laughs) that one on the spectrum i so i've got a list of topics for that not for today but for another day i would say that uh nacho cheesier doritos being a cheese is that a cheese uh that is would you have to take maybe the the, the biggest stretch out of anything like there might be some cheese involved in the production of nacho cheesier powder but that Mm. is so far abstracted from cheese that is no longer cheese mm, that's cheese. my I think we, we need powder. to use dave mm. as a as a like a way to measure how cheesy something is because if it gives you a upset stomach then that oh. there's cheese if it doesn't then there is no cheese right so eating cheesy doritos <laughs> would it cause you any issues this is uh, my well, new spin-off them. youtube channel cheese or not <laughs> where i will eat cheese and then you will you will wait to watch me on camera see to see happens. how i feel <laughs> This is like the uh, will it blend yeah, sort of channel. Blend. Like, right. we don't know. Is it cheese or not? You're going to find out in like 90 seconds. <laughs> Hard cut to Dave two hours later. Dave, how are you feeling right now? <laughs> not great. It's definitely cheese. Definitely yeah. cheese. Yeah. <laughs> ben, before we go, you had you had talked about a snowstorm that might be bearing down oh. on northern Wisconsin. Have you Have you endured said snowstorm? I have. And before I start, I have to say, sometimes people in this part of the world kind of make living in this part of the world their personality. And I'm going to try to avoid making like, I suffer through the weather part of my personality. But, you know, maybe for the the sake of a podcast, a little bit of character, I can do that. So we had this snowstorm that was forecasted uh, about a week out with, I'm also a weather nerd, which is maybe why I like this idea of this cheese and weather podcast so much so i enjoy watching weather models um i was boasting to my wife last night do you remember i told you like a week out that we were going to get a big storm like on thursday and this the storm hit on wednesday so these weather models were saying uh it's going to be near record snows like Mm. almost two feet of snow in some places and I was so pumped. I love hunkering down in a good snowstorm. It's the best. Like everything slows down. People's expectations go way down. Activities get canceled. Obligations get dropped. Everyone's like, oh, yeah, it's snowing. You can't get there. That's fine. So hunkering down in a good snowstorm feels great. I love it. Then digging out from a snowstorm. Love that for different reasons. The community is out. Like your neighbors are snow blowing mm. you. You help your your friends and family, and everything's fresh and like there's a lot to love about a big snowstorm. Sure, and we got a good one. It wasn't nearly as large as the weather models had predicted. I was hoping that it would be on the high end, yeah. which would have been twenty inches of snow, maybe. And we ended up with fourteen. I want to say, which is still that's respectable. Like, that's an unusual. Like most winters, we won't get a snow quite that big. Oh, really? Yeah, not quite. Oh, yeah, I would say we top out maybe eight, 10 inches oh, okay. is about your big snowstorm for the year. So 14 is a noteworthy storm, uh, but not a record storm. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah, not even top 10 we, storms. We, so we get walloped here when we do get storms because mm-hmm. we're, we're, we're closer to the water. So we get the moisture feeding in. So when we get nor'easterns, it's just like, get out of the way like you said like 20 20 like it's it's actually pretty surprising we haven't had a two foot like plus right. snowstorm this year yet i'll keep waiting yeah. it's coming oh it's coming oh we're not <laughs> going to escape there's no way i read an article a couple of days ago saying that uh winters in the northeast this was about vermont in particular oh, yeah. but you're close enough to remember yeah. um so the northeast is warming faster mm-hmm. than other parts of north yeah. america and the winters are warming even faster 
Yes. And so like Vermont's winter industries are really suffering yeah. from that. And at the same time, they're getting snowier. The winters, mm -hmm. you're getting more more snow than you used to before. So this one is just a, I guess you're getting the warmth. We're getting the warmth. That, the like snow will happen. Yeah. But you're not getting the snow yet. That's right. I hope you do. I mean, well, Ben, I don't know. I don't hope Dave does because I don't think he enjoys it as much. But I hope Ben, <laughs> yeah, you do you enjoy it, Dave? No, 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 no. Snow is nice to watch when there's like a dusting, but then yeah. when you're sitting there like digging out and it's like, because we get very wet snow here. When you're yeah, digging out it's and it's fun. like 18 inches of like incredibly heavy wet snow. No, that sucks. There's nothing fun about that. <laughs> do you own a snowblower? Yeah. Oh, for sure. It's like a big one too. Okay. But even still, you're out there for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Ben, you've got to go. I'm going to figure out some kind of exit to this and that'll be that. Susanna's got to say, keep it cheesy. Oh, we do. Oh, is that a thing now? Yeah, that's your, that's your catchphrase. That's your, that's your take. Um, just uh, keep it cheesy, everyone. <laughs> Have a nice week. Have a nice, until we talk to you next time. Which is funny because we don't actually talk to anyone else, just the three of us. Just the three of us, yeah. But it's, it feels it like you're talking to the audience. Yeah, it does. Yeah. I don't know what is listening, but... That's right. <laughs>